Hey guys, this is Chris Napholtz. And this is David. We are Drop Disgusta. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, we are powered by Amplified Events. To learn more about the great work they do, visit ampyourevent.com. We would also like to thank and welcome our digital marketer, Erin Talent. Her last name says it all, and we couldn't ask for more from her. If you're a fan of the show, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Drop Disgusta Podcast. And whatever you're doing this week, make sure you hashtag Drop the Dis. Here's the show. This week, we interviewed former mayor and current man of many hats, including author of the book The Change Maker and chair of the All In Augusta campaign, Deke Copenhaver. We're really excited to have him, and we really hope you guys enjoy all of his insight. Deke Copenhaver, I was mayor of Augusta for nine years, from 2005 to 2014. Currently run Copenhagen Consulting, a niche consulting firm. I've just published a book called The Change Maker: The yep. Art of Building Better Leaders with Forbes Books. So it's a good part, good thing to be a part of the Forbes family. And I'm chairing the All In Augusta campaign, yes. which is a six million dollar capital campaign to really focus on making Augusta more of a tourist destination. That is awesome. We've seen the work that you're doing with that. We went to the All In Augusta party. Yeah. And that was fun. Yeah. yeah. That was good to hear. It was at Westaboo, which yeah. was like really cool. Well, you know, what my sort of focus with that is, and so, and I talk about it in the book, and everything I do is focused on building stronger communities. But when I first ran, I was 37 years old, and we had a bunch of 20 and 30 something year olds that didn't know anything about politics. But there was so much positive energy around the campaign that people really coalesced around it. Mm-hmm. So I think with these campaigns, same thing with the All in Augusta campaign, it's important to have those events that really show the energy and enthusiasm for the campaign. That's awesome. And, awesome. and one of the things you were saying at the event, I remember, is uh, you talk about how you want to get people of all ages involved in the political yeah. process. And, and I think it's really cool that, I mean, you're very unique. <laughs> Locally, I think, with that opinion. Well, it, it's it's got to happen. And that's a big focus of my book, is really engaging the next generation of leaders. And it, it's... But I, my take on politics is that to a large degree, you know, the millennial generations or generations behind even the millennials don't gravitate towards politics at all because there's no authenticity. And I think at the local level, and I think I provided this, you know, I hope I hopefully I was authentic, and I think that's why people responded to my leadership. I wasn't scripted, but you know, so much of the stuff that you see in politics, Washington's broke, and I'm going to go fix it. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, you have a perfect right. Yeah, it's easy to say that. Yeah. Absolutely. So going to the book, one of the first things you talk about in the book is being a transplant from Canada. Yeah. You want to talk about how that kind of affected you when you first came to Augusta? Yeah, and, and it's it's very interesting to me how those early life experiences can shape you. So I moved to, I was born in Montreal, Canada. 
I moved to Augusta when I was four years old. Are you old. an Alouettes fan? Uh, I was. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes. We'll have to watch the Grey Cup this year. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, but, so, I moved here. I was four years old, painfully shy, with a thick Canadian accent. And so you talk about, you know, feeling like a fish out of water. But I think that made me always want to make people feel, to know what it was like to feel like an outsider when you know i got on the inside or whatever when i got you know, established here i always wanted to make people feel like they were on the inside and yeah. included because i think that that experience as a child really gave me empathy towards people who feel like they're excluded and, and not heard effectively yeah i mean that i mean one of the things where did you go to high school what happens Wood Evans. Oh, you went to Evans? Yes. How many schools were in Columbia County when you went to Evans? Uh, not a lot. So, <laughs> so when I went to Evans, the only two high schools out there were Evans and Harvard. Okay. I'm um, a Greenbrier guy, so wow. I wasn't even dreamt of. My high school wasn't dreamt of. <laughs> don't make me feel that. <laughs> no, man. You don't look old at all. <laughs> no, yeah. I love the master's polo, by the way. Purple oh. is my favorite color. Thanks, so you, you did well when you dressed Represented. There you go. Represent. There you go. Now, today we're drinking whiskey. Yes. Chris, yeah. tell us what you brought. Okay, so I brought a whiskey when I went out to Yellowstone National Park this summer. Uh, I picked up this at the Yellowstone National Park. It is Roche Tan whiskey. It is distilled in uh, Bozeman, Montana. And... I think it's delicious. It's very easy to drink. It's not. It's not a bourbon. It's a whiskey. Yeah. Do you like great. whiskey? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That we we really wanted to get you something we thought you'd like. Yeah. Right. No. I'm, this is very smooth. Yes. This it's is really actually smooth. our first episode that we have brought on some good liquor. Yeah. Oh, this is our first liquor episode. We've been episode. doing. We've do, been doing beer. Yeah. And Savannah River Brewery took this up. Yeah. Good. Good. And uh, and I thought we'd try out some whiskey and uh, these glasses if. No one can see this because this is a podcast. Yeah, if you guys could see it, they look really cool. Uh, these are Augusta, Georgia customized glasses with a city. I'm guessing that's the map of... It's a map of downtown. Downtown yeah. Augusta. Yeah. You can yep. see the river and everything. And uh, you can get them here at Augusta and & Co. And yes, so shameless plug for that. It's actually <laughs> um, the Convention and Visitors Bureau is spearheading the All in Augusta campaign. So okay. we are here in their headquarters, yes. Augusta & Company. To all your listeners, if you've not been in this building yet, I mean, the glasses are awesome, but there's other merchandise. Oh, so yeah. As we have discussed, I'm like, this is Augusta in the now. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Oh, it's a beautiful what, building. What was the quote you said? <laughs> well, I don't want to offend anybody's <laughs> grandmother, but I'm like, this is not your grandmother's Augusta. Anymore. And and I don't think that's offensive. No. I, I think, think that's pretty moving, realistic. Yeah. Moving forward. Moving sure. forward. So the next thing I wanted to talk about, speaking of moving forward, you really talked a lot in the book about your relationship with James Brown. Yeah. I feel like I feel like our listeners should get a chance to hear about that because it was so cool. Your story about that was so cool. Yeah. So it, it, at the tour to Georgia in, in 2000 or 2006, which was a huge bike race, like the Tour de France mm-hmm. was coming through, one of the lakes came through downtown Augusta. So Mr. Brown was the official starter. And so we just met that day, and he's like, well, I know your people. And I'm like, oh, cool. But he's like, one of the things he told me is, uh, you know, you're so new, new, you're so now, this town's never going to hold you. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. But we just hit it off. And mm-hmm. so, you know, in the coming months, we would talk regularly. 
he sent me a clock that said longest drive on it from Dublin, Ireland. And I'm like, that's good. I've done it. James Dang Brown sent you a present from yeah. Dublin, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> you hear it here. But just that, you know, he was thinking about me in Dublin. So then one day we were talking on my way home from work. And so he, we were talking about politics and religion and all the things that a polite Southerner is not supposed to talk about. You hit the whole list. Yeah. And so he, he goes, man, Dick, you're just like a Kennedy. Black people love you. And I'm like, Dude, that's the coolest thing anybody <laughs> in my entire life. But, uh, but we just continued a great friendship. I spoke when we rededicated the uh, the arena in his honor. Yeah, and that that was. But I'll tell you a funny story about that. I talked about it in the book that you know I had crossed over the year before 2005 when I first ran, and people perceived Augusta to be white people vote for white people and white people vote for white people. Well, so I would have a lot of particularly elderly African American people tell me, you know, come whisper in my ear, I voted for you, I voted for you. And so it was like they couldn't publicly come out and say that they supported me. Well, so he goes up and goes on this soliloquy of, this is the best mayor we've ever had and all this stuff. So getting the endorsement of the Godfather of Soul, right after we were done, all these people are coming up to me going, I want a yard sign. I want a yard sign. So it, that's so exciting. That's awesome. awesome to publicly support me in the African American community. But then he he passed that Christmas, and um, just I, I'll never forget. Lindsey Garner, a reporter from Channel Twelve at that point in time, Lisa and I had spent the night at my father-in-law's house, and Channel Twelve found me there. But they interviewed me. We she had a policy of not doing interviews at the house, but it, for him, we made an exception. A very cool guy. You make an exception for James Brown. You make an exception for James Brown. I think you have to. But, yeah. but if y'all remember, I mean, CNN went live from his homegoing service for like four hours, and he didn't always get the respect locally that I think he should have, but I would tell people after that, I'm like, they, CNN does not go live for four hours from everybody's homegoing service. That's yeah, true. That tells you what he meant to the world. Right. I mean, the first thing that pops into my mind is Michael Jackson, as far as like funeral services and yeah. comparing it. Like, it's a pretty, pretty good comparison. Well, pretty crazy. And Michael Jackson was there. So, wow. Yeah, he was there. I did wow. not get to meet him. Chuck D from the band Public Enemy was there. Um, Lucy Hammer was there. I mean, it was a really cool lineup of people. That's wow. crazy. So many cool people. Yeah. Who's the coolest person you've met? Probably James Brown. Probably James wow. Brown. That's yeah. awesome. That's fair. I would say, uh, and that's not a stretch, but one of the things I like best about him, though, was that, you know, towards the end of his life, it was, and this is, that's something that they didn't include in Get On Up, the James Brown biopic, mm -hmm. that, you know, he had had some troubled times and everything, but the last few years, you know, everything was going well, it was a high point for him for the arena to be named in his honor. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of wish they had included that sort of upward arc towards the end of his life in the movie. I get that. Yeah. Lots of movies like that you watch. Yeah, and it's just that, and well, I, it was not filmed, that movie was not filmed in Augusta. So if you're from Augusta, you're sitting there going, why not? <laughs> Because the, the director, I think it was from the Mississippi, because the director was from Mississippi. And that makes sense, yeah. but it would make sense for it to be filmed here. That would, that would have been crazy. Yes. 
And we're the, you know, we're the Hollywood of the South right now in Georgia. Exactly. It's amazing. You missed out. It's amazing what they're bringing in now. Now, I had Clint Eastwood on Broad Street last summer. Oh, so that was incredible. But I'll tell you, that's, you know, I tweeted last summer, we had like three cranes up at the Cyber Center and two blocks down, you have Clint Eastwood shooting a movie. Yeah. And so, sometimes I think, you know, some people in Augusta have had sort of a redheaded stepchild mentality. I'm like, look, we've got everything to be proud of. Yeah. And that's for nine years in office, I've been worked on instilling that nice. That's sorry that, about that. That was David Bash <laughs> opening up his whiskey. But uh, but I worked on instilling a sense of civic pride, and I'm like, we ought to take pride in our community. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad you guys are doing this because I think the younger generation is excited and, and well, everybody should be. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I'm sure you've seen Augusta Connection, that blog website that's yeah. showing up everywhere. I, found, I met them at the uh, 706 day mm-hmm. at Savannah River. They were telling me that they've lived in Augusta for a year and a half. They're from Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and they're all about it. That makes me happy. Oh, that yeah. A transplant is more excited about this place than, you know, a person that's lived here their whole life. Well, but you know, the, the, it's interesting you should say that, and that's that's one of the things I found when I was in office, is that people who have moved here from other places almost do appreciate it at times more than people who have never left here. But the thing that I found is for people that have never left here, there's oftentimes not a reference for it. So mm-hmm. you can say, True. Well, our quality of life is great. We've got a great arts community. Your property taxes are low. But if you've never experienced anything else, that's just, this is all you met. Yeah. Right. And I, and I understand that 100% because and I, I went to school here, went to college here, got married here. My wife's from Atlanta. Uh, if she was from here as well, we probably would have moved out to see another reference point. Yeah. But because, and just like you said, but because we did, you know, I did have a little bit of in my, and I'm sure I can speak for other locals, getting wanting just the want to get out for another reference point. Yeah. But I'm so glad I stayed, and I'm staying because the future and what's happening right now in Augusta, Georgia, which is incredible. Which is why we're doing the podcast yeah. <laughs> to make sure we let everybody know that. Well, I you know I, I tell people it sounds like I'm knocking Celebration Florida, but Celebration Florida is basically. A, turnkey community that was master planned and everything and so it's it's just antiseptic but I'm like I, I would rather be a part of something that's you know not as cut and dried as that and, and really I tell people that I, I don't want to go where a scene has already happened I want to help make the scene and that's what particularly the younger generation now I think is seeing that that it to be able to be involved in shaping the future of what I think is going to be America's next great city, what's not attractive about that? And that's, I use that as a recruitment tool in trying to bring more people here. I'm like, we'll, we'll fit you in, whether it's all in Augusta campaign or anything else. You know, it's not like this campaign is just for locals. If you're new to the area, we want you involved as well. And it's allinaugusta.com. That's all in Augusta.com. Check this blog. That's so all in Augusta. Yes, and as we're talking about it, uh, tell us more detail all okay. in Augusta, and then follow up with how can we get involved? Yeah. Okay. Um, the all in Augusta campaign started last year, but the, the convention and visitor bureau 
put together a master plan for Augusta to be more tourist friendly called Destination Blueprint right. back in 2017. Good stuff too. So yeah. Excellent so, stuff. A nice read. Yeah. Yes. Good read. <laughs> and they did do that video, the 3D video oh, yeah. of the commons and the depot. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah. If y'all haven't seen it yet, check it out. Check it out. But so the initial price tag on projects and it was put together working with you know, the Downtown Development Authority, the Development Authority, the Chamber, the Arts Council, so it was all the groups coming wow. together. But the initial price tag was about $11 million. So they went out and did a feasibility study and came back and said, well, $6 million over five years is more doable. Mm-hmm. So it really, and I would say it really got rolling the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. But the three focuses of the campaign are to tell us the story, both internally and externally which there's, there's still a real need for that because there's still people that think that downtown Augusta is not safe, which yeah. I'm down here every it's day. Shame, yeah. it's, a, it's a shame. It's yeah. an urban legend. Mm-hmm. But we really have to tell all of Augusta's story, both internally and externally. We've got News Channel 6 and iHeartMedia are our media partners on that. Mm-hmm. Then the second phase is to enhance downtown because really downtowns are the heart of any community and absolutely I, I think now that it used to kind of be because of politics politicians playing one side of town off the other you know east augusta versus west augusta versus south augusta oh, yeah. at the grassroots level i don't hear as much of that anymore and people just appreciate that downtown's there for everybody and so two of the things that we're doing in there there's money in there for a sculpture garden downtown I love that, by the I way. Love That's that. one of my favorite things. We, we talked about it with April King. <laughs> she was all about it. Yeah, well, so the, the um, Arts Council has a public art master plan. So the Convention of Visitors Bureau is just the quarterback on this. But we don't do public art, but they do. So those funds would go to them to get that developed. That's awesome. Um, we're promoting the extension of the commons. Okay. And that's something I think that we, the city has funding for it, property owner wants it. It just needs to get done. And that's another thing to me. You know, the commons is there for everybody. Right. So the, the third part is to develop new attractions. There's $450,000 in seed money in there to do an international soul festival, which historically I believe that stuff that had been done to to honor James Brown, and this is, you know, when they did the study, they said you need to broaden it to do more than just James Brown. But historically, it, those events, most of them have not had professional management, so they've really not been as successful as you would like them to see. And they could be a lot more successful, probably. Yeah, with professional management. Yeah which the $450,000 in seed money brings that on for. So to, to date, we've raised, um, have been pledges a little, $1,092,000. Wow. So we're still continuing on, but... Could you please repeat that number for the um, listeners? $1,092,000. That is incredible. And you need to reach $6 million, right? You need to reach So we need people to keep getting involved, yeah. keep donating. Yeah, and we'll... For your listeners, once again, allinaugusta.com. But we had a meeting, as you referenced, at the West Food Gallery several weeks ago. We raised some money there and have um, had very good success with that. We've got a follow-up meeting of the committee next week to talk about when the next event is. And, you know, I, I love that, that that really started to build, help build and coalesce that energy. 
and the event costs 137 bucks. So I'm talking yeah, about. You know, and that, so that's good return on investment. Absolutely. But we've had so many organizations offer spaces for us to have these um, shared spaces, offered space, a lot of other places in town. Yeah, if there's any businesses you want to shout out that have been helping a lot, oh, shout them out. Yeah, for yeah. real. Oh, gosh. You know, Tax Slayer has come on board as a major um, partner. That's awesome. Georgia Power has come on board. But but I, I appreciate the small investment, and, I mean, as well. It's yeah. Just, it's I mean, West with the with the space, oh, yeah, right, West for the meeting. Providing the space, but it, it is really, that's to me, bringing people together is extremely important. And, yeah. and so this campaign is a way to, there's so much energy and enthusiasm out there at the grassroots level, but this is the campaign to coalesce all that around. And here again, it's open to everybody. If you mm -hmm. want to be a part of it, let us know. We'd love for you to make donations, but we're looking at more events where we can share with people how can you volunteer, what can you do. Because I, I think visually, and this is all in Augusta, it's about bringing all in Augusta, everybody together, but people need to see that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I personally love the event I did at Westwood. I mean, it was, it was fun, it was informational. Met a lot of people involved in the city. It was mm -hmm. awesome. I would I would encourage anybody anybody to show up at that event. Well, that's one of the things too. Those I've been so blessed, whether it was in office or out of office, that I get to meet people across a very wide spectrum in the community. And there's so many cool people here, and I'm like, well, I got to hook that guy up with this guy, mm -hmm. that girl with this guy. I mean, there's. We just need platforms and places like the place we're sitting mm -hmm. for people to gather that are like-minded and that are very forward-thinking and just want to see the community move forward. And I said before coming on air, I, I think historically we had allowed our politics to define the community. No community is defined by its politics. It's the people that define it, and we've got great people. I was about to say, you know, it, it is a little intimidating uh, to go to an event like that because in all honesty I'm just a I'm a teacher in Augusta Georgia that's what I am yeah. I mean I love Augusta but you want people like us yeah. to be a part of it that's, one of the slogans is like no matter how Augusta. low any donation is welcome any person is welcome even yeah. and I was talking to uh, one of the ladies that was taken down for the raffle she was saying if you want to ever volunteer I mean y'all are all about any yeah. way that you want to get involved in all in Augusta it's a it's available yeah and I, I really do like about it the name is all in Augusta and you mean it yeah it's not just a slogan that's cool no it's not just a really sweet it logo. is a cool name though it is a really cool, it's a cool <laughs> name. and it's a cool logo too I will say that yeah you it's very uh clear it doesn't matter who you are if you feel called to be involved in this do yeah. it. well and, and the thing to me is we we really need to, and I I love all generations of Gussins, and I, I think you know I had great mentors growing up, and I appreciate the business leaders that have been here for so long and everything. But we really do need to put that younger, fresher face on the city at this critical juncture. I was in a meeting at um, at the Cyber Center. We were discussing before coming on air that they now have podcast studios, right? But they have people from Silicon Valley looking to potentially relocate to Augusta. So yeah. people that are coming from areas like that, you have to show that activity and that energy and everything. And I think that 
That really comes from that younger generation. It does. And that's exciting. The yeah. Silicon Valley people, I mean, that's, that's money for the economy. Yeah. That's businesses that they're going to open if they stay once they're done with their, their contracts. And also I mean, more people of that age gives other people more encouragement to just go ahead yeah. and open up their business that they've yeah. always wanted oh, to yeah. downtown. You know? Absolutely. Renting out space helping out the economy and adding a new product or something for yeah. entertainment for us to enjoy. Well, it's, it's exciting. You know, it's the rising tide lifts everybody. And it, it's been interesting as a region, and I think we're moving beyond this, but I, I tell people we need to get beyond that high school football mentality. I mean, you went to Greenbrier. When you went any place, where did you tell people you were from? Yeah, Evans. Uh, you did say Evans? I, no, actually... If it was in the area, I say Evans. If it's You're out of the area, it's definitely Augusta. Augusta. It's yeah, definitely yeah. Augusta. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm from Augusta, you know, I'll say that. You yeah. Know? And I, I'm like, we, you know, I tell for new people coming to the area, if you want suburbs, you've got them in Columbia County. Yep. If you want historic, you've got it on the hill. If you want urban, yep. you've got downtown. If you want, you know, new urbanism, you've got it on the North Augusta side. If yep. you want, Point and horse country, you've got that at Aiken. So it's greater than the whole, it's greater than some of its parts. Yeah. But there's something here for everybody. But we don't need this infighting and thinking, well, either downtown's going to be successful or Evanstown Center. I'm like, yeah, it's downtown. Help each other out. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there are 13 new people moving to the area each day now, and troops haven't even started coming. You know, to Cyber Command on Fort Warden, that starts next year. So that number will grow. There's going to be enough prosperity to go around for everybody. I mean, I think of Alpharetta, or I, I think of Evans as like an Alpharetta. Yeah. Where, like, you know, if you're from Alpharetta, you say you're from Atlanta. Yeah. And Augusta is that Atlanta that's starting yeah. to grow. So, I mean, to me, it's like you should be proud that you're from such a cool area. Oh, yeah. That's near such another cool area, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, well, it's interesting, you know, I. I've really worked on promoting having the baseball stadium on our riverfront for a long time. What a great thing that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was going to go where we have the cyber center, so... You know, well, okay, so what a great thing out. that is, too. Yeah. But I, I tell people that I think that Lark Jones, former mayor of North Augusta, used to think I was mad at him because North Augusta got it. I'm like, it's all... I'm so... It, that stadium brings so many more people to downtown Augusta. That's true. My wife oh, and I, we go to games, we dinner over here, and then we go to the game. But it's all the more cool stuff we can get in the region, the better. And I don't know if you heard with our uh, podcast with Sean Franton, he was talking about uh, getting the this vehicle, like a wagon, where it doesn't cost. Yeah. It doesn't cost to take it. The way it's paid for is they get sponsors plastered to the wagon. And it will take you from the stadium to downtown. There you go. And, and I will tell you, that is closer than you think. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> I hope it's, Sean I hope it's coming is up. telling us about it. I feel like Everything he, he told us is coming true. He, he hinted at the top golf coming in, but he wouldn't admit that that's what it was. Right. But that's so. awesome, too. But yeah, so definitely Augusta's taking a huge stride. Yeah, everything that's going on is that's exciting. more of your uh, whiskey here. Yeah. Which one? This one or the, the bullet? The bullet? Uh, I'll try the bullet. I don't think I'll try the bullet. Right, I'll let you pour it yourself. <laughs> you, do, you do whatever you want. You can have want. a heavy hand. Okay, yeah. so your listeners need to hear the story that I told you guys 
before coming on air that okay. I was invited to speak while I was still in office to Theology on Tap at the Knights um, Club. Yes. Which <laughs> I thought was absolutely awesome to have a bunch of 20 and 30 something year olds you know, talk about theology and have a few drinks. It was very cool. But they filmed me doing that and it did hit me. I'm like, okay, I'm an elected official in a room with a bunch of 20 and 30 somethings drinking on camera. So I'm probably not going to have a really long political career. <laughs> it's going to be rough on the re-election campaign. Yeah, How did that, that go for you though? It, it went great. That, there you go. You killed it. <laughs> I do want to talk about something that, that you talk about a lot in the book and I think is really cool. Absolutely. One of the things that you talk about is the importance of an arts community for a city and, and all the struggle that, that you really went through to, to bring that here or to yeah. keep that here. Yeah. Well, I, and I'll just use Brenda Durant of Arts Council as a great friend, but I think all too often in government, you know, when people talk about cutting funding, arts is one of the first things that they talk about. So while I was in office, one of the businesses we recruited was Starbucks. So $172 million initial investment, 140 new jobs. They've now doubled that. So it's new. it's a $300 million investment and double the jobs, 200, close to 300 jobs. But one of the um, consultants for Starbucks and I got to be good friends. So I won't say what the other city that was a finalist was out of respect. I was going to say you didn't put it in the book either. No, I, I don't like to name names like that. All right. But he said basically that city had a better incentives package, but it was the strength of your arts and cultural community that tipped the balance in favor of Augusta with this other city in South Carolina. Hmm. And so I like to use that as an example of, okay, our city's commitment to arts and culture and the strength of our arts and cultural community brought in about a $300 million investment and close to 300 new jobs. Yeah. So, so you look at that, you know, the city continues to help fund arts in the heart, but to me, the return on investment of funding the arts is huge. It's huge. But, but unfortunately, I don't know that a lot of politicians think that way. And I, I talk in the book as well. I grew up writing and painting, which taught me creative problem solving, which I've used every day in office and I use every day you know, in what I do now, but, but things like that, I, I just, I hope the book makes people think, and what's been really endearing to me has been that it's been well received by, you know, all demographics, by black, white, old, young, male. I loved it. I read yeah. it on the beach. Well, I, I tell people though, it's, I think common ground is a common language, mm -hmm. and we're not so divided, and so my, I, brought on somebody to help work with me on the marketing side, but her parents are very conservative and she said they watch Fox all the time, but she said my, my mom was reading it and she's like, well I can see now how he connects with the younger generation and I can see why we need to seek more common ground and it's, but that's what I love about it too is that, you know, if old people, young people, black people, white people, rich people, poor people all can agree well, we we agree that we like this book. Well, maybe that can start a conversation around it. And, yeah. You know, well, what did you, what part did you, and that's, I hope there will be groups that come out of it. And it's just, I, here again, I like to bring people together on common ground. And what's the, 
What's the farthest from Augusta that you've heard about this book being? That was this morning somebody threw up a shot of it in Bahrain. Bahrain. Yeah, which I don't know if that's any further. I'll tell you a great story though. The first week it was out, um, it, somebody took a picture of it in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. So I had a guy send me a message on LinkedIn and he said, your book hasn't just made it to the West Coast, it's made it to Africa. Wow. So this guy lives in the Ivory Coast of Africa. And he said, I'd had a sleepless night to where I wondered if there was anybody else out there that thinks like me. So I Googled the term, the change maker, and your book came up, so I downloaded it and read it, and he was telling me how much it meant to him. But the guy's an economist in Africa who went to the London School of Economics and has graduate degrees from Oxford and Columbia. And I'm like, that's just the way things work in today's world. And I'm like, that that dude could have such a great impression of it, or you know, people that are in their 80s, I've heard back from, and in their 20s. So that's just, I just think there's more that unites our nation at the grassroots level. And I honestly don't feel like most people are extremists politically. But, but, and that's in the book too. Yeah. <laughs> well, most, I, I just, I do my own random sampling and just talk to your average everyday man or woman on the street and nobody that I've found, and I'm granted I'm not at political rallies, I haven't been able to find a single person that's like excited about the political climate today. And many people that I talk to feel like both parties don't represent their interests because they're not extreme. They're more moderate. You know, most people I talk to, they might be moderate left or moderate right, but they're not, you know, and they're good people who want to get along with each other. No matter what side you're on, you want stuff to get done. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's just it's just how it how it happens. That's just what, that's the curiosity. part you disagree on. Did you when did, at what point did you know you wanted to write a book? Who inspired you to write the book, and how long did it take you to write this book? All great questions. So I grew up wanting to be a writer. So okay. I've been writing my whole life. I actually wanted to major in journalism at the University of Georgia, but my dad wanted me to major in business. So I majored in business, <laughs> so writing, which is crazy how life works. So I ended up um, ended up getting my I was in Athens longer, but I finally came back to AU and got my degree here because I was having too good of a time in Athens. But right. I <laughs> got my degree in political science. Well, I never thought I'd use my degree in political science, and then I become mayor. Well, how wrong can you be? How wrong? Can you be? <laughs> <laughs> but then I. I you know, had almost given up on my dream of writing. But for the past three years, I've written a um, column on leadership for the Georgia Municipal Association. I used to be on the Florida years ago, great organization. So last June, I get an email from Forbes Books, like Forbes Magazine, inquiring if I wanted to write a book. And I thought it was a joke or a scam, and so I almost deleted it. <laughs> but I followed up. Yeah. And so it turned out to be true, but my first question to him was, you know, how did you find me? And so they said, well, we've got an um, internet-based team that does research to try to find people who are producing content on par with Forbes brand, Wow! but might not have time to write a book. So I, we incorporated, fortunately, having three years of content out there, we were able to incorporate a lot of that into the book. So 
I started it in August and finished up around March. And so, somebody wow. Was like, in one year? That's impressive. Yeah. Wow. Like, People so, take notes. Somebody <laughs> was like, would you? You must have had this book written in your head. Yeah. Years, and I'm like, I'm sure you did. Yeah, I, I did. But it took, you know, Forbes finding me to get it done. But I, I tell people, I, I wish everybody could write a book because everybody's got a story to tell. And I'll give you a great example. Randy Smith, a local um, plastic surgeon who passed here recently, a good friend of mine, he passed last week. But amazing, amazing man. He was, so I'm doing um, the Iron Man again this year. Of course. I, well, of course. I haven't done it in four <laughs> years. I've done it five times. But Randy was doing it into his 70s. Wow. So that's incredible. I told his daughter that I was thinking about doing it in his honor. And she, we were having dinner and she said, well, I told my dad that and that put the biggest smile on his face. So the next day she brought me his book that he had inscribed for me called Wish I Could Have Done More. And it's about his life of service. But I, I got to go by and see him and talk to him about it. And it was a struggle for him to get it done shortly before he passed. But he went to, he's from here, grew up poor, went to Clemson on a football scholarship, was pre-med, ended up being drafted, but rather than go into the NFL, he went to med school and became a doctor, ultimately became a plastic surgeon, did trips around the world to third world countries doing plastic surgeries for free. And I, I'm like, wow, I'm so, but I told him that in my last visit, I'm like, I'm so glad that you got that out because people need to know that. And I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and her son is about to start Georgia. And she's worried, he, he was star student at Richmond Academy, but as most parents do, they're worried that their kids might not fuck with them as much as they should when they get to college. I said, you know, give him the Randy's book because it talks about the discipline it took to be pre-med and play football. I mean, that's... That's, you can be pre-med wow. and play football. That's unheard of. Yeah. You can do anything. Yeah. But, but his story, I think, needed to be out there, and I'm just so glad that he was able to do that. But I, everybody's got a book in Wow. That's incredible. That's crazy. So it took you a year? Less than a year? Less than a year. Less than Eight, a year. Eight, ten months? <laughs> Usually books take, what, three years. to five years? At yeah, least. Well, so, so people keep asking me about the next one. I'm like, let's get this one out there first. The next one might not be as quick as this one was. Right. Well, this is your passion. Yeah. You, you are all about this, and it was easy to write out. Oh, it, it was so easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I did work with the ghostwriter, but basically he gave me the outline and provided sort of the template and so that I would go in and incorporate stuff I'd already written. It, it just, it was such an easy process. Really? Most people that you talk to, writing a book is not an easy process. So I've been very, very blessed. And yeah. One of the things that I love about it is people are like, somebody told me they read it in three hours. That they, they couldn't put it down. And wow. So, but I told people, I didn't want to write something that was boring, that was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't finish this right. But when people are finishing it in that amount of time, that's, 
That's good to me. That's engaging. I've been told that it's an easy read, it's a page turner, but one of the neatest things that my former executive assistant, Karen Nixon, told me, she's like, it's just like sitting in a room and having a conversation with you. That's exactly what it is, (laughs) honestly. And, and you can really tell, like, when you're reading it that it's, I mean, most of the book is just your stories and then a way for other people that weren't there to interpret them and use yeah. things you've learned in their life. I mean, well, I, I was having lunch with some friends of mine who had read it, um, and a friend of mine's dad um, said, I, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but it's like Forrest Gump sat down and wrote a book. I said, no, I don't take that the wrong way at all because I said that continually when I was in office. I'm like, <laughs> what, am, you know, what am I doing at James Brown's funeral standing in a prayer circle with Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton? But there, it's I, like an out-of-body moment. Yeah, I had all, those, all these experiences where I'm like, really? What am I here? You know, why? Yeah. So, so that, but that's sort of the same thing with the book. I'm like, you know, how did I get end up writing? If you told me, you know, a year and a half ago that I would have published a book at this point in time, I wouldn't have believed you. But my wife and I always talk about that. That you know, she's like, "Don't ask what's going to go on this year because with you, we just absolutely never know." <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds like my wife. <laughs> so that that brings me to my last question. So you've done a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. What's the thing that you've done that you're most proud of? It could be as mayor, it could be as as a husband, it could be as a person, just anything. By far, bringing people together. You know, I think that's that's a gift that the good Lord gave me, and I've I've thought about it. My wife and I, I. People, it's almost like at our home when people are having difficulties in their lives, they take shelter there. It's like we provide shelter. But I think about one of my focuses um, during my time in office was to heal the racial divide and to, out of office, hear people still say, you brought the community together, but I'm still working on that. And as I mentioned, I think the book is a platform to bring people together around. The All in Augusta campaign is a platform to do that. Yeah. When I had a radio show you know, for a year, I had people from all walks of life, and it was basically, if, if you're cool and you want to build a better community, you're, I don't care about your political affiliation or anything, you're welcome on the show. So okay. that, I'm, that, I'm seeing a theme here. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> absolutely. But I, it's awesome. You know, I have a strong faith, and I'm like, I do, I, and I'm, you do a lot of retrospection, I mean, when you write a book, but I thought that's, you know, that's what I've been able to do. But I'll go back to your first question, basically. But I think that comes directly from, you know, feeling like an outsider when I was four years old. I spent my life trying to make people feel valued and wanted and enjoyed. And it's just been cool to see the way that that's worked out. That's awesome. And we, we ask every guest this, Yes. Uh, we asked it last week, well, every guest, we, we asked it last week for the first time. Yes. <clears throat> our, our, user, our name is Drop Disgusta. So we yes. want to drop the disc. Yes. We wanna, we're all yes. about Disgusta. Yes. We're you all can, about Augusta. You can use that hashtag anytime you want. Yes. Drop the disc. Hashtag drop yes. the disc. So what does dropping Disgusta, dropping the disc, 
what does loving Augusta, what does that mean to you? Okay, I, I'll give you a really, I hope a good answer on that. I think in Augusta, we had let the vocal minority and the critics and the cynics drive the debate for too long. And people would, you know, see posts online about, you know, discuss this and discuss that. And I, I said, it, with the city, it's all about attitude. And I'm like, I, and mo the silent majority does not feel that way about the community, but we let that vocal minority tick the rest of us off. I, I think now, this is the response, and I think the response is coming, but it's all about attitude. I would tell people, I'm like, if, if you go to New York City and you say, and I'm not advocating violence, but if you say something bad about New York City to a New Yorker, you know, you're going to get punched in the They back. get aggressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but here, it was like we almost let people mm -hmm. go on and on. And <clears throat> when, when I was first in office, I used to do... Um, monthly meetings at community centers to just get input from the public. Well, so what I realized after a while was the only people that came were mad people. Mm. So I was at Diamond Lights and these guys were like, you promised us sidewalks and you promised us this and that. I'm like, man, I haven't even been in office for a year. I didn't promise you any of those things. But they kept going on and on. And so finally I said, look, I didn't build a wall around the city when I was elected mayor. You are free to leave whenever you like, but I guarantee you the grass is not going to be greener on the other side. So I think now through efforts like this, now those voices that might have been the silent majority are becoming the vocal minority, which is what we've always needed. And I'm like, I, I'll use another uh, example. I would tell people, I'm like, if, if your uncle came and stayed with you and told you continually that you had ugly kids, how long would your uncle be staying with you? And I'm like, <laughs> but, but we kind of people saying, oh, this is terrible, this is bad. We've just put up with them. And I'm like, you know, there are always going to be people like that, but let's join together those people who love this community, who want to promote it, who want to see great things happen. And that's what you guys are doing. Awesome. I love that. Please. Well, the man is Dee <laughs> Copenhaver. We are the book is change maker yes. the movement is all in augusta yes. and we're all we're we're all in on all of those things yes so Amen. thank you so much for being thank on our show coming. hope you enjoyed the whiskey cheers cheers, cheers. yes sir thank y'all